Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we go over Mitch Kupchak's comments about Kobe Bryant and how the Charlotte Hornets almost got cold feet on that trade that happened in the 1996 NBA draft. We also talk about if each franchise should honor Kobe Bryant by retiring one of the numbers that Kobe wore and this. He argued to get the better free throw shooter on the line. Imagine that. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH. And you can find the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. So we've been talking a lot about Kobe Bryant this week after the tragedy that happened on Sunday now. Still crazy to feel like I mean it was just this past weekend and it seems like it still we're talking about it quite a bit because that kind of seismic event deserves to be discussed and its impact on not only the entire NBA just in a general standpoint but it's funny to see some of the stories from some of the other individual franchises and maybe how Kobe might affect a Trey Young because Gianna's favorite player was Trey Young so they developed a relationship we actually talked with um, Chris Kirshner of The Athletic the Hawks beat writer earlier today on the wake up call because of a piece that he wrote. It's funny to see maybe the link between Kobe and the Nets because the Nets almost drafted Kobe Bryant. That story's kind of brought to light. And also, Doug, the Charlotte Hornets obviously have a tie with Kobe Bryant because the Charlotte Hornets drafted Kobe and then traded him to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for primarily the big piece was Vlade Divac. So now when you look at Kobe Bryant, and the Charlotte Hornets, we, I asked Rick this earlier about Mitch Kupchak's comments and some of the things that he was feeling after this. And Mitch Kupchak, I think he released a statement, but then he took some questions. I believe this was yesterday, Doug. Am I correct in that? That's correct. Yeah. So Mitch Kupchak uh, took some questions in a media scrum and he kind of relayed some new information to us. So Mitch Kupchak said in that scrum, there was such excitement around the pick that Charlotte actually did not want to go through with the deal. There was a time there, whether it was Vlade or just pressure on the franchise, where the deal was actually in jeopardy. And remember, Vlade actually threatened to retire. He also said that there was a strong possibility then that it might not happen. I think we always felt that we'd get the deal done. Certainly, history would have been a lot different, at least from a Lakers point of view. Kobe would have been great no matter where he was. So we look at that, and I think a lot of people mistakenly, have said it was all because of Kobe and his specific hatred for the Charlotte Hornets, or not hatred, just did not want to play for them. When in reality, we know that Kobe Bryant just wanted to play with the Los Angeles Lakers, and it seemed like the Charlotte Hornets almost got cold feet, eventually going through with the deal. But what do you make about some of the comments that Mitch Kupchak had to say yesterday, Doug? Yeah, I think it layers in some interesting context and in, in, into what we know. And there's certain things that we can't, possibly know because Kobe was kind of um, a little ambiguous about what happened. I mean, at times he would say, well, you know, the Charlotte Hornets traded me and he would use that as fuel. And then at times it seemed like Kobe would have played for the Charlotte Hornets if in fact 
uh, he was uh, not traded. And then you have Arn Tellum and his role in moving Kobe to L.A. And then you have Jerry West and his desire to acquire Kobe Bryant. And then you have the other context of the fact that Kobe fell to number 13 because this idea of drafting players directly out of high school was putting a lot of general managers through uh, conniption fits. They didn't know exactly like, oh, man, do I risk my franchise, my lottery pick here on a high school player? It just it was something that um, was really upsetting the balance of those NBA drafts at the time. You know, when I look at these quotes, though, I, you tell me if I'm wrong, Walker, but just in the short time that Kupchak has been here, this feels like more of a Kupchakism where he says both things. Like he says, yeah, there's a strong possibility that it might not happen, but I think we always felt that we get the deal done. It feels like Kupchak kind of does this. This is sort of his way of answering questions and leaving things very ambiguous where he'll say, yeah, we could do that, or we could also do the other thing. And he doesn't really give you a definitive answer one way or the other. I don't know that, to me, this settles anything. I don't know if I took it too much to that degree, but you're right that he did kind of go both ways. He did go on both sides of the fence, but also in that article, and this, by the way, comes from Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer, the comments mentioned there, but also Rick wrote an article that I read, and it also says, you know, that you know, Bob Bass at the time, I mean, he really did seriously contemplate whether that he wanted to trade Kobe Bryant. And I wonder how much of that is actually because of the love and the interest in Kobe or because anytime you make a trade, you have to be second guessing yourself and saying, oh, God, what am I giving up? Because any general manager has to ask that question. And so I wonder if that's just a general point of view with anybody making a trade or if it was, no, there is something pretty special here in Kobe. But at the time, also, Vlade was pretty good, man. I mean, and at the time, very good. Yeah, he would have been what? He would have been in his prime probably right then, right? I mean, it was if he was getting drafted maybe late 80s, very early 90s, along with him, and we all know the story and the friendship between him and Drazen Petrovic, you know, when you had Vlade come in, it probably would have been, I don't know, 28, something like that. So he's very good. And I, I could see how, you know what, screw it. Let's get rid of the high school kid and get this bona fide center. And remember, center had a lot more importance in the league at that time. Yeah, and unfortunately, we can't ask Bob Bass about it because he passed away uh, a few years ago as well. But I think any reticence that Bass and company had on the deal, I don't know that it was necessarily about Kobe and how special he was and what he could be. Because you have to remember, like John Calipari with the Nets at the time passed up on Kobe. A lot of teams passed up on Kobe. You have Isaiah Thomas out there right now. He was the GM of the Raptors who had the second pick, I believe, ended up taking Marcus Camby. He said he would have drafted Kobe if not for the fact that they were an international team, which doesn't make much sense because <laughs> Kobe grew up in Italy and played internationally. But there's all this revisionist draft history. I think the Co- the, the Kobe situation, the Hornets were reticent about D- Divock actually coming here and playing. And that was the only barrier that, that I think there was because it, it felt like this was a team in the Hornets that wanted to win now, and they felt like this was a perfect opportunity to make that happen. So I want to talk more about the Calipari thing in the next segment because I think it also we can talk about the way that we should honor Kobe, and we have a clip from yeah. Nick Ankstad of Locked On NBA. 
I really want to talk about that. Right, but listen, we got to hurry up. We got to we got to get through this show because I'm telling you, Walker, I am an absolute. I'm panicking. I'm in panic mode right now because we got Valentine's Day coming up. I don't have a gift for producer Katie yet. Mother's Day is coming up as well. I got to figure sure. that out. Don't don't be like me. Don't wait till the last second. Make it easier on yourself and check out our friends at Queen City Beauty Group because they have a great offer just for Valentine's Day. Let me tell you about these people. Queen City Beauty Group offers transformational skincare services in Charlotte, North Carolina for anyone with skin. So if you're listening and you have skin, this is for you. Queen City Beauty Group is a boutique spa with only custom services. That means every treatment is customized to the individual client's specific skin and that condition. The owner and the operator, Nichelle Mosley, she is a 2018 and 2019 international award-winning aesthetician. Nichelle specializes in treating diverse skin tones with life-changing results. And here's the cool part. I always like to be educated. Anytime anyone does anything to my body, I want to know what they're doing and why. Queen City Beauty Group educates you on how to maintain continued results, and they take pride in exceeding clients' expectations. So here's the offer. Book a Valentine's special today for you or someone you love. Only $79. It includes a consultation, an amazing custom treatment with Nichelle at Queen City Beauty Group, a $50 gift certificate for a future visit so you get another gift, and a special gift from Queen City Beauty Group. It's a $215 value. Again, only $79. To book, go to www.queencitybeautygroup.com. That's queencitybeautygroup.com. Book the Valentine special and make sure you type locked on in the comments section of the appointment form so that we get the credits. If you are listening and you don't have skin, then just please go to the doctor. Stop listening. <laughs> yeah, call 911 immediately. Call but if you do else. have skin, queencitybeautygroup.com. Don't even, you know what? Don't even call 911. <laughs> just just immediately just start running to the hospital. Please, God, start running to the hospital right now. We have more on Kobe Bryant, how the NBA should honor Kobe Bryant, as well as how maybe specifically the Charlotte Hornets should honor Kobe Bryant. That's up next year on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. That is so Stu God's form that you were about to make fun of people for their opinions of people changing their body. And then mid making fun of other people doing that, you said, I will say this, though, the guy that I think his body changed. That's correct. Yeah, well, little, you're right. But little known fact about me, I have 2040 vision. So okay. um, that me, I'm pretty sure. Or is it 40, 20 vision? Whatever means that I have great like eagle eye vision. That's Eagle Eye Cherry, by the way. Great underrated band of the 90s. Save Tonight, one of my favorite songs. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We already had the conversation this week about how we should honor Kobe, whether we should change the logo or not, right? I mean, we talked about maybe the possibility of retiring the jersey, but we really dove into why the NBA should not change the logo to Kobe Bryant. And even if the NBA had any responsibility to do so because the NBA doesn't even recognize Jerry West, even though we all know he's the logo, the NBA does not recognize him as such. And we talked about that already, but really haven't taken a dive into whether each franchise should change the Jersey uh, or, or excuse me, should retire the Jersey of Kobe Bryant, whether it should be 24, number eight or both. Here's the host of the locked on NBA podcast, Nick Angstead. As the NBA family continues to mourn the loss of legend and icon Kobe Bryant, 
Teams are finding tons of ways to honor him, but the players themselves are starting to change their own jersey numbers and personally retire the number 8 or 24. But should the NBA follow suit? I'm Nick Angstead with the Locked On Podcast Network, and let's lock on to one big story in the NBA. There's a growing trend around the association. Players are taking it upon themselves to change their jersey number to honor Kobe Bryant, who wore the number 8 and 24 in his career. Spencer Dinwiddie announced on Twitter that he will change his jersey from number 8 to number 26. He said he chose 26 in part because his son Elijah was born on April 20th, and Dinwiddie was born on April 6th. Terrence Ross will wear the number 31 again instead of number 8, which he just changed to this season. Mason Plumlee will change his number from 24 to 7. Mo Harkless, Markeith Morris, Alec Burks, Zaire Smith, Emmanuel Moutier, Jaleel Okafor, and the list goes on. Kemba Walker and others are even considering making this change too. And Quinn Cook has even decided to change from the number 2 to 26 because Gianna Bryant, Kobe's daughter who also died in the accident, wore the number 2 in her youth basketball games. There's about 10 players left wearing the number 24 and around 12 players left wearing the number 8. The Lakers have already retired both number 8 and 24 for Kobe. The Mavericks have already retired the number 24 to honor Kobe Bryant as a team. The Heat have even retired Michael Jordan's number to honor him and he's never even played a game for them. So with all that said, should every team in the NBA follow the lead of the players and the lead of the Mavs and retire either 8 or 24 or both to honor Kobe Bryant? We haven't gone beyond the obvious reasons of why each team should change, or I keep saying change, should retire at least number 24, number eight, or maybe even both. You know, we've talked about the logo. Don't think that should happen. I do think every single franchise should retire at least one jersey number of Kobe Bryant. Doug, what do you think? I think it should be up to the franchises. So I don't I don't like the idea of an NBA-wide retirement of 24, eight, or both. Um, I don't th- honestly. I don't think that franchises should do it. I I turned my eyebrows upward a little bit when uh, when I heard that the Mavericks were doing it, and it's because of a point that Nick brought up in his piece that the Heat retired Michael Jordan's jersey, and at the time everybody was like, "Wait a minute, but why?" And now, as the years have gone on, it seems even sillier. Like it obviously it makes sense for the Lakers to have retired Kobe's jersey, uh, but. I think it's a tougher sell for me to ask the Charlotte Hornets or the Detroit Pistons or anyone or any other franchise that was not directly associated with Kobe to retire the jersey. Now, on the player side, if they want to say, hey, I'm going to change my number, I think that's cool. But I also like the idea there's certain players, uh, Kim Birch being one of them, um, I think there are four players total who have come out and said, listen, I'm going to keep my number. Norman Powell said he's going to do it to honor Kobe. So I think you can honor people a lot of ways. You can say, hey, I want to wear this number because I love Kobe and I always grew up wanting to be him. So I want to show my love that way. And if you retire the jersey, you take that opportunity away from players. Yeah, I wonder if, though, I mean, do you just get rid of retiring jerseys altogether in the first place then? Well, you could end up like Boston where there's like seven numbers left that you can wear as a member, and and eight is one of them. And so Kimba Walker is going to have to decide whether he wants to honor Kobe or honor Kobe (laughs) by by changing his jersey. North Carolina is one. North Carolina has jerseys retired, but specifically the article of clothing, not the number. You can still wear the number, but you might have a number of somebody else that's jersey is in the rafters because North Carolina has had so many greats. They like to honor a bunch of people. I'm not going to say that they're that 
they're real loose with their interpretation of who is great at North Carolina, but certainly it's easier to get up there. And so when you look at this to me, Doug, I have no problem if the NBA wants to retire at least number 24. I think that's the number I would go with because it was the last one that he wore is the, I think he wore it for more years than he wore number eight. I would go with number 24 and I don't mind the NBA recognizing, Hey, this is a number that's sacred. We don't wear this one anymore. So nobody it's, it's not up for grabs anymore. Now, when we talk about some of the franchises and whether they should decide whether any franchise is different than another one, we had a tweet come in from Charlotte sports despair, a friend of the podcast. And he said, no, Charlotte should not retire the jersey number of the Charlotte Hornets, the team that Kobe Bryant, um, or excuse me, the Charlotte Hornets should not retire the number of Kobe Bryant. Charlotte is the team that Kobe rejected. And I, I don't care. You know, and it's not even that Kobe Bryant rejected Charlotte, Doug. To me, this is a guy that clearly wanted to play for the Los Angeles Lakers, and Arn Tellum, his agent at the time, wanted him to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. So in reality... It was really the Nets that got spurned more than anybody because you look at the Nets, John Calipari, as we just mentioned in that first segment, John Calipari was thinking about drafting Kobe. It was the Nets general manager also that they were really interested in Kobe at number eight. And they even had workouts and Adrian Wojnarowski in light of talking about Kobe Bryant mentioned that Bobby Marks, who was in the organization at the time, that they would have workouts with Kobe and illegally have workouts with Kobe. So they were highly interested. And then Arntellum and Kobe's camp told the Nets that, look, he's going to stay overseas. He's going to play overseas, and he's not going to play for you if you select him at number eight. Now, whether they would have followed through with that, I don't know. But it's really about the Nets that got spurned more than the Charlotte Hornets, and the Hornets just decided to trade him and get a center in return. So this isn't him about hating the Hornets. There have been some comments before, but I don't, I don't buy that reason as to why the Hornets shouldn't be a team that honors Kobe Bryant's number 24. And I think in this specific circumstance where you have this tragedy and the tragedy amplifies the honorifics, then you should definitely take out any factors in terms of feeling spurned or a small a market complex. Yeah, it, 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 it does come across as a little petty if, if, if that's the sole reason. Now, I actually agree that the Charlotte Hornets should not retire the jersey number because I don't there's a lot of ways that you can honor a player, but I feel like if you're going to honor a player, then then do it in a way that is directly meaningful. I don't think that the Charlotte Hornets retiring the number 24 is especially meaningful in some way. Retiring Bobby Phils, that made sense because there was a direct connection there. So I just, I think for something to be meaningful, sometimes it only needs to happen with one franchise. That's meaningful. You know, other times you get the Miami Heat retiring number 23 and everybody goes, what? what? Like nobody followed suit. And there's a reason for that. Like the the, the Hornets didn't retire number 23 after Miami did. So it's, you know, I I just think that it, it, it needs to be direct to be meaningful. And that's why I don't think the Charlotte Hornets should Retire the I think jersey. the disagreement between us is I, I think it's meaningful to the association and I think with each franchise being under it. So if the me- NBA, that's the thing. If the NBA wants to do it, if they want to say, all right, 24, nobody, that would be meaningful. But the Charlotte Hornets or individual franchises doing it doesn't well, mean anything to me. Okay, well, I guess then we've kind of wandered into a separate discussion here because I do think the NBA should do it. You know, I mean, if it's... And I guess, look, I still think the Hornets should do it, even if it was each up to each franchise, right? I, I do think each franchise should do it, but I also think it should be a mandate from the NBA. 
that that I'm cool with. I'm cool with the NBA saying, yeah, nobody gets to do this anymore because Kobe Bryant was a great and there's a tragedy value here that hit everybody. It affected me, a guy that I, I had no clue. It's interesting to see how many people said, I'm surprised that I'm feeling this way about the loss of Kobe Bryant. So I do think there should be a mandate from the NBA. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the idea, again, of taking away an opportunity for a player to wear the jersey and say, you know, this, this number means a lot to me. You see players do that all the time, whether it be the jersey number of a friend that they played with that passed away or maybe to honor, I believe Billy honors his mother with his jersey number, Billy Hernan Gomez. So, like, I don't want to take those opportunities away from players on a league-wide basis. That just seems, I don't know, it just seems odd to me because you're not, you know, you see these players wear these numbers every every game and every season we hear the fact about Billy Hernan Gomez. If you were to suddenly take that away, yes, we all know that Kobe Bryant's jersey number would be retired, but we don't get to remember it by seeing it on the court. So that's that's my only thing. All right. In other NBA news, revenues were expected to be down, but now they're up. And so goes the salary cap from $109 million where it is now to some number that we're not exactly quite sure Make of a yet. decision. Is it up? Is it down? What's the deal? Well, and we know about, of course, what happened between the NBA, specifically Daryl Morey and China when Daryl Morey made those comments. So interesting to see this, Doug. Is there any thoughts that you have about this uh, information coming out from the NBA? Well, just that I think that had it actually gone down, it would have probably further stifled a trade market that was already expected to be quiet. I, I don't even though now they're saying it's going to go up because revenues have gone up. I don't expect it to go up a ton, so I don't think it makes that big of a difference either to the trade market coming up uh, February 6th, trade deadline, or to the free agency market to come. In terms of Charlotte, you know, according to Mitch Kupchak, they're not going to be players in the free agency market, so I'm not sure that it impacts them in any way either. Uh, We'll have to see what happens two, three seasons from now to really get an idea of how it affects the franchise. And interesting because, of course, the comments, right, of Daryl Morey, we all thought that that was going to have a significant impact on the salary cap or maybe just an impact, which is significant in itself. Just some comments that he had. And if had he taken the time to wager whether this decision was the correct one to make, and he certainly gambled in the wrong direction, if you would have thought about (laughs) you like that, gambled in the wrong direction after he thought, you know what, maybe this is going to take money out of my pocket. Well, listen, if you want to gamble in the right direction, Mm -hmm. you got to use our friends at MyBookie. Are you the type of fan that knows basketball so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. And you guys know that if you support our sponsors, you're supporting the daily production of this show. So that's why you got to check out MyBookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, you can try a parlay. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, they're giving you an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code locked on, all one word, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code locked on to take advantage of this generous sign up offer from MyBookie. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. I'm the Locked On podcast host that likes to use a social issue to try to set up my co host for. A uh, for an opportunity to gamble. That's what I like to well, do. Well, no. So we moved. You did a good job there. You you moved. We moved to the story about the. Oh, I see. You did mention China. 
I thought you were saying Kobe. It would have been bad to go from Kobe to that for sure. But you did the China to this. So mm-hmm. that's good. Good job. Nope. Either one kind of bad, though. If you ask me, we're try- we'll try to avoid that next time. We have one more segment to try to get it right on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm not a big fan of grape jelly. I kind of, I'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly. I'm not a fan of grape anything. Now, I like grapes, but I don't like grape flavoring. I think it goes back to the Robitussin that I had as a kid, and I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to, yeah, be, back, great to be back on the show. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The Hornets right now, Walker, have 16 wins. Uh, If you're just basing things off wins and losses, this team is not having a good season. But we all know, if you listen to this show, you know that the Hornets are playing a different game right now. They're playing a player development game. A lot of youth playing right now. So we're not going to go by the wins and losses. But I just want to let everyone know out there that things could be a lot worse. If you're a fan of the Hornets and you're frustrated by the fact that they haven't made the playoffs in a while... Things could be a lot worse. I mean, you go to the New York Knicks right now. They're fighting with the other team. Their players are making ridiculous, insensitive comments. And their fans are chanting, sell the team so loudly that it's going over the local broadcast. And they're pumping music loudly into Madison Square Garden to muffle the angry chants of their fans. And and it could be even worse than that. The Hornets could be stuck with a coach like Jim Boylan, the current coach of the Chicago Bulls, who actually argued with the refs in a game against Indiana about the wrong free throw shooter for Indiana being on the line. So the the refs put DeMontis Sabonis on the line, and Jim Boylan, the coach of the Bulls, runs out and says, no, you have the wrong shooter. It should be T.J. Warren. Okay, one problem with that. So far on the season, Sabonis is a 72% career free throw shooter, and Warren is a 78% career free throw shooter. He argued to get the better free throw shooter on the line. Imagine that. (laughs) Jim Boylan out here doing excellent work. We appreciate all that you do, Jim Boylan. Time now for the four B's game. That's what we called it because it was too hard to remember the actual name, but we wanted to keep it in some way. So we decided to abbreviate it. And now it's the four B's. The last matchup that we had, we went one and one. I won the high. Doug won the low because I was disqualified with Nick Batum, who did not get 10 minutes and he didn't get any run in the past game. So I've got a new one, Doug. Uh, who goes first in this one if we went one and one? We tied, so you technically have the first pick. Okay. I don't know how that works, but well, because fine, you Because you have honor still because you you lost the last time. 0-2 oh and, okay. and then 1-1, one and one, but you're still, you still have honors, which is not much of an honor because it means you are a loser. No, I, I don't understand the rules, but I will take the first round pick. I'm going to go with the low here, Doug. And I feel good about this one. About Cody Martin, first overall pick for the low score. Somebody that comes in strictly for defense. We know that the Wizards are a very good offensive team, but they're awful defensively. They're the worst team in the league defensively. I think Cody Martin continues to get minutes. He had 18 against the Knicks. We know that he's not exactly the best scorer in the world. Only four rebounds. Might get you a couple of assists, but also has the capability of giving you a couple turnovers. Cody Martin, low score, number one. Yeah, speaking of could be worse, you could be a fan of the Washington Wizards who gave up over 150 points to the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis Antetokounmpo on the court. They gave up a 50-burger to Chris Middleton. Unbelievable. I mean, this it's not that the team 
doesn't play defense. They certainly don't. They are incapable of playing defense, which is incredible. I mean, over the past couple of games, one they've two straight games of 150, and then right before that, I believe 130. So if the Hornets, who have struggled offensively over the past couple of weeks, if they don't score tonight, something is is drastically wrong. All right, so with my two picks, I'm going to stay away from Devontae Graham in this one because I'm wondering, is he still recovering from that illness that almost kept him out of the game against the Knicks, but he suddenly started? So I I think he'll he'll probably play again, but I'm going to stay away from him. I'm going to go Rozier, follow-up game. He had 30 and 10 against the Knicks. I think he, he keeps it going. So I'll go Rozier for my high. For my low, I'm going to go away from Bridges. And I'm going to say Zeller because they got Bonga in there and he's, you know, he's not a bad defensive center. It's really all he can do. So I'm going to say <laughs> Zeller's my low. All right. Because of that defensive juggernaut Bonga, I'm going to well, go. I mean, with- you know, it's not like he's a sieve on defense. He doesn't score. I mean, he's got to do something. No, I can't tell you anything about Bonga is really the joke there. I'm going to go as far as the uh, high one. Now I picked Cody Martin to go low. It really was a decision between P.J. Washington and Malik Monk for me because I'm riding a Malik Monk high and I want to get credit for that, at least in this game. But also, I think P.J. Washington can do well. Um, a little sneaky play might be Miles Bridges, who scored 31 points in the last game that they played against the Washington Wizards. I'm not going to go with Miles Bridges, though. Give me P.J. I'll switch it up. Whoa. P.J. Washington with the high score. Are you sensing the rookie wall approaching? He had a bad, he didn't have a great game against the Knicks, so this would be a second straight. Or are you picking him for the high? No, I'm I'm picking him for the high. Oh, yeah. see, I wasn't listening. I was doing research on Isaac Bonga. By yeah, the way. I did not know. Yeah, right. 6'8", <laughs> German. He played uh, for the Lakers before being traded in a three-team trade to the mm-hmm. Washington Wizards. I mean, I know who he is. I don't I don't know exactly how well he plays defense and offense against. I just know that he's not very good, but he's going to keep Cody Zeller in check. I feel it. I'm maybe, with it. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. No, I just Cody's went I just went pick. with it Cody's and you're gonna, All right, so you're going with PJ Washington for your high, so you're expecting yeah. a bounce back game. Yeah, I'm expecting a bounce back. And also, you know what? PJ pretty good floor. Eight rebounds and four assists in this game, despite only scoring three points. Not going to give you a ton of turnovers because he doesn't have a high usage in that regard. But also, we know that the Wizards suck at defense, and I'm expecting PJ to go with a couple of threes here tonight. Davis, like, who is PJ going to be matched up against? Bertans? You know, I'm a little bit worried about the defense on Bertans or whoever their power forward. I mean, who, who else would be in that game? Because Bertans destroyed the Charlotte Hornets last time. But it's not like it was because of P.J. or anybody's defense on him. He was just letting it fly from the hip, and he was hitting some crazy shots. Yeah, they got uh, me and me, Brian, Bonga. That's your backcourt. Yeah. So really, Bonga uh, might not get too much time on Zeller. Uh, it's really me and me. Um, and then Berton's behind Brian, according to this depth chart, although I think Berton's is getting more action for this team. I, oh, I'm going to sure. be honest yeah. with you. don't know a lot about the Wizards other than they are horrendous at defense. <laughs> But that's yeah. okay because I mean, when you, said you know, Bonga, I was like, I was expecting to hear Mahinmi, and I was like, yeah, okay, not, okay, that's fine. Mahinmi, the only reason I know Mahinmi is because he was a Pacer for a while, and he wasn't very good with them either. We know about Yan Mahinmi; he's on a bad contract. That's about all I can tell you about. It all could be worse, folks. That's all it I'm could, saying. It could no, be it could worse. Be. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the informative analysis that you tune into Bonga. every single day for here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. 
Again, you can find the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We'll be back with a recap of Bonga tomorrow. I just wanted to say Bonga. Bonga.